and welcome to Contractor Chat, a podcast dedicated to discussing the hottest issues within the construction industry in 30 minutes or less. I'm your host, Andrea Smith, the Marketing and Government Relations Director for the Southwest Washington Contractors Association. For more than 70 years, we have championed a thriving construction industry here in Southwest Washington. We help our members win more business, become more profitable, train their employees, and build a stronger community. You can learn more about us online at www.swca.org. Today's episode, we are joined by Tyson Fuhr from Biggs Insurance. He will be talking about health insurance trends and uh, what you have to look forward to for health insurance in 2019. All right, so we're here with Tyson today. Do you want to just introduce a little bit about yourself and what you do at Biggs? Sure, yeah, my name is Tyson Fuhr. I'm here at, uh, from Biggs Insurance. I'm the vice president for the Department for Life and Health. I'm also a shareholder, um, and basically my main job there is to take care of um, the service side of things mm -hmm. and, and our account management team, and then also um, I manage a book of business too. Okay, that's really awesome. And um, just for a little bit more of your background, uh, how long have you been with Biggs? Oh, good question. So uh, I, I started there at the end of 2014. Um, I had been working or, and owned a, a third-party administration company for about seven years prior to that. Um, and so during most of that time, I actually was working with Biggs then too. So kind of been working with and for them for um, eight to ten years. Oh, wow. So a little while. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So it was a natural fit. Yeah, right. That's yeah. awesome. All right. So let's just jump into some of the core questions that I have here today. Um, can you provide any statistics or case study examples of current health care trends in small businesses? Yeah, sure. So one of the things um, I was just looking up actually is, is that the, the rate finally just came through for 2019. What the insurance carriers have asked for doesn't mean that this is actually what they're going to get, but this is what they're asking for. Um, so I just kind of pulled some information in the top three carriers that we see in our area. Uh, we've got Kaiser, Regents, and United Healthcare as far as fully insured options. Um, Kaiser is asking for a 5% increase, whereas Regents and United are about 1%-ish. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it'll, it could change and most likely will. Uh, from the insurance commissioner, but that just talks a little bit about trending. Mm -hmm. um, when you talk about healthcare costs themselves, um, medical trends are typically somewhere in um, the nine to 12 range, um, whereas prescription drugs are in like the 12 to 16% range. And so oh, wow. seeing that change or what the carriers are asking for as far as an increase really doesn't necessarily match up to what the medical costs are um, as far as how that's trending up. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, so are businesses being taken advantage of in insurance rates, I guess? Um, like who benefits from the current healthcare system? Yeah, it's interesting. So I, I don't know if it's taking advantage. I mean, insurance is really there to pay for things that could happen to you, yeah. right? So you're always kind of paying into it. And, um, and when you look at the loss ratios for the insurance carriers versus what they're paying in premiums, um, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty close in line. But I mean, I, one of the examples I like to use is, is that really the high cost of claims is what's making it um, so difficult to answer that question. Yeah. So um, one medication out there, some people have heard it, probably seen a commercial, it's called Harvoni. Mm -hmm. uh, it's for hepatitis C. That one drug cost about $125,000 to administer wow. within <laughs> just the first couple months, right? Mm -hmm. um, so if you think about it that way, if the average premium for an employer is somewhere around 600 bucks a month for an employee, right? Because that includes like family coverages and those kind of things. Um, you would literally need to have 17 employees yeah. and pay all those premiums for an entire year just for that one drug to be paid for, for one oh, person. Wow, okay. So 
you know, is, is, is the employer being taken advantage of or the member being taken advantage of? I mean, that's a lot of money you have to be able to get just to pay for that one drug. Yeah. Not to mention all the other things that might happen to the people that are participating in that plan. So um, 17 employees is, is, you know, not the hugest company in the world, but there, there's a lot of companies smaller than that, and there's a lot, you know, in that range too, and so mm-hmm. that are buying health insurance. So I, I don't know if it's taken advantage of, but it's it, the, the cost of, of care is really what's driving a lot of yeah. these things and having to pay for those those massive claims that are happening. I see. Yeah. Um, so I guess... The difference between buying insurance, um, for like an employee buying insurance on their own versus a group plan, can you explain a little bit about that and yeah. the difference in costs? Sure. So when the healthcare reform came out, um, the group plan, uh, small group plan market you know, was really kind of trying to figure out what was going to happen to it because um, a lot of individuals were like, hey, let's go look at that, uh, mainly because the insurance premiums were so low. Mm-hmm. Um, the challenge really became that those insurance premiums were so low that they weren't able to pay for those bigger claims that we were talking about. Yeah. And the amount of people that they anticipated coming into it wasn't as much um, as, as really had happened. And so you start having all those claims and not enough people participating in it. Um, then you start to see these mass, massive kind of increases, right? You know, 20% or so. Yeah. Um, and so individuals are having to pay for that um, year over year. And so for all the companies, particularly the small ones, like less than five employees that may have got rid of their group health plan, um, a lot of people in going to that individual were trying to, they were coming to find out that um, the owners were able to even buy a whole group plan for their whole company for what they were paying for the whole family in the individual market. So we see, see kind of this swing coming back yeah. um, into it pretty quickly. Okay. Um, can you just, was it 20% or around that percentage that the individual's plans were increased last yeah, year? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. just curious, like, what that exact number was, if you know. It really depends per carrier um, yeah. and kind of the age that you're at because yeah, it's all gotcha. age rated. Um, so the the 20% was pretty consistent. I think Kaiser was a little bit lower, um, maybe LifeWise, too, in southwest Washington. If you look at the Oregon market, they were um, a little bit more expensive over there. Um, but it's basically in that same range. And so if you start adding those 20% increases year over year, it gets expensive really fast. Yeah. Um, and people are feeling that. And so they're looking back at their employers to do it. And we've had... You know, when the first happened, as I kind of mentioned, you know, there was, there was a couple employers that actually left and said, hey, look, I'll just give my employees a couple bucks and, you know, help them, you know, buy their own individual plans because it was a good idea at the time mm-hmm. uh, for the way that the cost happened. But uh, very quickly, in fact, every single employer that ever did do that with us actually came back to the group market. Um, they were losing employees over, you know, the difficulties of trying to get enrolled, understand the different options. They yeah. just wanted something simple and they thought that their employer could, should be the one doing that. Okay. So what would you recommend that businesses do to reduce health care costs, specifically small businesses, those under 40, 50 employees? Yeah. So the thing that we look at is is that, um, what, first of all, we find out that most people, um, when you look at their balance sheets, they're not necessarily managing health care, like that line item, the same as they would the rest of their business. Uh-huh. So I think engagement around it is, is probably the first thing um, because there's only so much you can do. When you're in a small group, community-rated pool, the rates are based off the ages, right, of all of your employees. So you're not going to be able to necessarily change that a whole lot unless you change carriers or change plans. Um, but if you want to keep the same plan, the same carrier, you know, you're stuck with whatever those rates are. Yeah. Um, so reducing healthcare costs are really going to have to come from a different aspect um, with, you know, mainly around productivity. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of businesses, you know, focus on that, the efficiencies that they can get out of each employee because when you're in such a difficult employment arrangement right now where employment's so low, um, you really have to be able to find the, the way to get 
more out of your employees. And a lot of times that comes from them being excited about their work um, and, and other aspects there. And so there's a lot of companies that we work with on the engagement side of things with their employees to try to find ways to, to design their health packages. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking health insurance now, but the things that kind of surround that and pulling the, putting the pieces together that really kind of gets those employees to work and doing more while they're there. Because if you can't add more employees because you can't find them, yeah. um, the best thing you can do is try to be more productive um, and be able to get the most out of it that way. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, do you have any experience um, with you know, companies that you work with that implement a like preventative health kind of plan? Like, mm-hmm. you know, they, I don't know, there's some sort of competitive nature sure. to it. Yeah. Um, can you give an example? Yeah, those are really popular. Um, you know, you know, a lot of times people call those like wellness plans. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and now you say the word wellness and it's kind of confusing what you mean because there's so many different versions of it and it's not really consistent. Um, when they first kind of came out, one of the first things you saw them being was like a biometric screen, like do a little blood draw, you know, get to know your numbers, those kind of things. Um, and then it kind of evolved into now you know your numbers. Well, if you don't improve them, then you're going to get hit with some increased cost. Yeah. Um, healthcare reform changed on you know what some of those things could be, um, but I think that instead of it just being such a, a stick approach, you know, to get people to do things, your employers are getting a lot more creative on the carrot side of things. Yeah. Um, and using that data because there's more now that we can get to, not necessarily in the individuals, but from an aggregate level. Um, that you can ask, you know, you can get more information and actually build specific programs. Um, you know, preventive is a big one too. I mean, it, it's probably the one thing is, you know, a lot of times people talk about in the health insurance world, like what's the silver bullet? Yeah. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really getting people just to go in and be seen. I mean, a lot of times when we're looking at uh, much larger employers and, and ha- what's happening trending wise in their healthcare cost, a lot of it has to do with, you know, people not being detected early enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's what's really causing a lot of a lot of a lot of issues. You know, those people are going to be gone now from work. Uh, maybe they're supporting you know a spouse or a dependent that's had this a similar issue. I mean, there's all those different types of things that start to add up. Um, but going in and get those screenings is is the most important. And the most interesting part to me is is that they don't cost anything. Right? Yeah. I mean, as far as the member, I mean, they're zero zero dollar copay. Um, so employers kind of get a little. Um, frustrated with the fact that they feel like they're having to incent something that's already free um, but money talks and so right. <laughs> people you know have, have done a lot more of those and got a lot more creative um, yeah. to help out and get people their, their mind around that mm-hmm. that's awesome so we did talk a little bit about um, individual and group plans um, what do you recommend when companies come to you uh, I think you kind of let on that the the group plans are less expensive in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, but would you like to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I think a lot of it, because um, there's a lot of companies that are growing right now that might have been much smaller. And so now they never had health insurance and so they're looking at doing it. So that might be a good example or scenario. Um, and, and a lot of them, when we're talking to them, it has to come down, it comes down to their business philosophy. I mean, what are they trying to do with it? I mean, is it just like, I'm doing it because I have to? Well. Mm-hmm. Most of those employers don't have to until they're 50 employees or more because they're dealing with ACA um, healthcare reform mandates, right? Yeah. Um, the companies that are under under that are looking at it from a different perspective. Maybe they're losing employees because they don't have a plan. Um, maybe some of their best employees that they've had for years and those you know folks have gotten older and they have more needs. Um, or maybe it's just you know they they have that philosophy now. I mean they're really trying to engage with employees a lot differently than they ever have, and they want to use their kind of programs to be able to do that. Um, 
nothing that's not really medical insurance right i yeah. mean that's a piece of the, of the mm -hmm. pie it's probably gonna be the most expensive piece um and, and so it's kind of part of the foundational uh, side of it but you know really trying to figure out the philosophy like what's the company want to do and how do they want to use those benefits just like they would anything else any other vendor they engage with you know whether it's buying uniforms or whatever else you know they're going to want to know what how they're going to use that type that type of product or that tool or that resource and so it really is no different with health insurance yeah okay so you we've talked a little bit about the retention side of things so um where do you see health insurance taking a role in retention and recruitment? So is it, do you see people joining, like signing up with Biggs Insurance to get health insurance because their employees demand it? Or, you know, how do you see yeah. that role? I think, um, is, I mean, the example of the, the companies have been growing, mm -hmm. they definitely are using it as a retention tool. Recruiting um, based off your health plan is I don't think you're going to hit the masses with that. I think people basically at this point just assume that their employer is going to be offering it, and it's a big drawback if they don't have it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's it's like you have to have it to be able to recruit. Yeah. But you're not going to be recruiting a whole lot because you do have it, right? I mean, yeah. it's not like you yeah. have something that unique. Um, on the retention side of things, I think definitely with the key employees, it's a big deal. Um, but you know the 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 balance there is is that if the costs become uh, prohibitive to them. You know and what they're having to do maybe having to pay for their family or whatever else it can also be a detriment as well mm -hmm. um, so I, I think it, it, it's it's gonna be both um, um, and, and, and that's where again where it, it's not just offering a health insurance you know program I mean there has right. to be more to it than that um, you know a lot more with benefits and rewards yep yeah. okay cool thank you um, so what's your per perspective on the quality of health insurance offered by employers currently um, I think the ones that want to invest in their employees in mm -hmm. that way, absolutely, they're great programs. I and mean, we see lots of different, either more lines of coverage. Um, a lot of people are looking at the disability programs and those kind of things to make sure that their employees are protected from their paycheck, uh, being lost from some type of injury off the job. Um, you know, the, the companies that are just still in that same boat because they've always wanted to be that way or they're just doing it because they feel like they have to, it, nothing's really changed there. It's oh, still okay. the same thing. Yeah. I mean, they're buying the highest deductible that they can at the lowest cost possible. Yeah. Um, they're the ones that are getting, you know, that get stuck, you know, because there's nowhere else to go. Um, and, and they're missing the other pieces that are really being um, used more now with, it, with that employee engagement. I think with the generations that we're dealing with, um, you, know, you talk about the millennials and, you know, the baby boomers and all those different folks that, you know, they have different needs, uh, mm -hmm. significantly different needs. And so, you know, that's where that package has to be more comprehensive um, so you can gauge each, each level of it um, because yeah. each one of them expects different things. Right. All right. So uh, do you have anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I can't come here and not throw a pitch in for the yeah. SWA uh, health plan. Uh, okay. Because SCA, <laughs> sorry, health plan, because it is, it's very good. Um, there's a lot of different options that um, people are able to take advantage of with the value adds around, say, the worksite benefits and, you know, the, the, uh, the underwriting that's in there. So that it gives you some extra features that you can't really kind of get otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, there's an HR component that a lot of people need with compliance around handbooks and, and just general help. I mean, there's all these new rules that are starting to come. And I know that the... Um, the approach that it's been taking of educating the members has been really good over the years. Mm -hmm. um, and Kaiser is one of the largest around. You know, they yeah. do a good job. They're not for everybody, but they do a good job. Um, and and we're, you know, we, we definitely like to see um, that program and, and be able to see it grow. 
Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, for thanks sure. Thanks so thank much you. for being here today. Yeah, and um, however else we can utilize you as a resource, just let me know. Yeah, I appreciate thank that. You. Thank you. Yeah. Again, thank you, Tyson Furrow from Biggs Insurance for joining us on this episode of Contractor Chat. I just want to provide a quick reminder that SWCA does offer a multiple employer health insurance plan. So you can join our small group and get way better premiums on your health insurance than you might um, if you were to get them individually. So it's worth checking it out and getting a quote. We do use Kaiser as our primary care provider and um, our primary brokers would be Fraser Benefits Group and Biggs Insurance. So if you want to get a quote for the health insurance through us, just give us a call at our office or contact one of our brokers. And I just want to say thank you again for listening and continuing to support the Contractor Chat podcast. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to make sure that you can stay up to date with all of the newest podcast episodes. And don't forget to check out our 2019 Construction Executive Summit. This will be held on February 7th, 2019. We are super excited that Peterson Cat will be our presenting sponsor, and we're very excited to announce that Lars Larson from The Lars Larson Show will be one of our keynote speakers. Stay tuned to hear uh, who else will be a revealed keynote speaker, and also stay tuned for information on our breakout session presenter. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been Andrea with the Contractor Chat Podcast. We'll catch you next time.